Things are mostly winding down for the year in Canadian soccer circles, but there's still definitely a few stories that we're diving into this week. My senior fellow Stein, just to talk about the year that was for Toronto FC's prospects and look ahead to 2021. Ahead on the show as well, a lot of LA talk, LAFC in the CCL final. Greg Vanny likely heading there next year as LA Galaxy coach. Some Canadians moving to LA as well. And, of course, the Canadian men's national team will talk about their plans for early 2021. But Jeff, Michael, how are we doing this week? Uh, dreading tonight, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, just clearly in that holiday holiday spirit. Bye, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, We're trying to bring some holiday cheer this week. But, yeah, unfortunately, a little, bit of a, yeah. a little bit of a tough one off the, off the top is uh, – you know, LAFC looking to become the first MLS side to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, obviously, shout-outs to Canadians Mark Anthony K and Dan Yakovich on the team. They face Tigris tonight in the CONCACAF Champions League final, a team who have been to four of the last five finals now, but are 0-3 in those finals. Um, I always thought Tigris was Spanish for Tigers, not Buffalo Bills, but at any rate, um, that was that was only a joke for Charlie. <laughs> if he's listening. Um, how are you guys uh, feeling going into uh, tonight's final? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Horrible, horrible. Jeff feeling, that's for sure. I don't like. I don't like it one bit. Not one. One. Not one little itty bitty boo. Uh, it's. Uh, it's. It's not good. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to go, Mike? Um, yeah. No, that's fine, Jeff. I put mm. out a poll um this morning on the waking the red twitter feed and i think it's up to 200 votes right now and this pretty much sums up where toronto c supporters are at right now um i asked as a tfc live supporter would you mind seeing lafc become the first team to win the Concacaf champions league tonight and right now the poll is sitting i think it has over 200 votes it's at 52.2 percent saying sure that'd be cool and 47.8 percent are saying please no yeah um so that kind of shows the contrast of where people are. There, Some people are saying, you know, um, having LAFC win the CONCACAF Champions League tonight, that would be a win for Major League Soccer as a whole. Um, and, of course, that can't be understated against, you know, a Liga MX and everything that they've, you know, accomplished there and how, as a whole, the narrative with MLS is that they're inferior to Liga MX. And, you know, that you can't really argue that with based on Champions League performances. So... If LAFC can pull through here and they'd be the first MLS side to, you know, be- defeat all the L- Liga MX giants, perhaps there is some, you know, ground for MLS now to stand on in comparison to Liga MX. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised the poll is in favor of LAFC um, for tonight because I remember it was 2011, right, when RSL made that that run to the final and there was the mm-hmm. whole like MLS for RSL thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Back then, especially for Toronto FC, I know they'd had a bit of a run in the Champions League like the past couple of years, but it really did feel like winning the the CCL was not something that was going to happen for Toronto FC in, in near future, considering you know everything about that club at that time. Having been so close to the final now with, with what happened in 2018, I think a lot of people's feelings on that are changed because you know with, with the way it all happened, there's kind of a... A feeling that this is our thing you know what i mean like yeah that's i think i summed 100%. up exactly how, how jeff's feeling there but i want to get your guys thoughts on another conversation that certainly um will will surround this which is 
how do we compare this if LAFC wins to other to certainly what Toronto FC did and winning the CONCACAF Champions League in general because you got that single leg knockout you've got the fact that they didn't have to play um at least the last couple of rounds down in Mexico which of course we all know is is part of the toughness of of winning this for an MLS side there's also the timing of it that LAFC can't determine this, but usually MLS sides are in preseason. Right now, it comes at the end of the year, kind of a great time for LAFC. So, how big is the asterisk if they do it? Humongous, <laughs> massive, 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 massive. It, it, it gives me no pleasure to say this because I feel like a hypocrite, but we were so damn close and we beat sides in two leg aggregate. We went down to Mexico. Has LAFC had a single bag of urine thrown at them? I don't think so. <laughs> Therefore, um, there's an there's a urine asterisk. Bag of piss equals asterisk. Um, you can't fault LAFC. This is the path they had taken. You can't fault MLS HQ. Um, they're going to they're going to jump on the back of this in terms of marketing, and that's their mandate. So uh, you can't be mad. But I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. Hopefully, yeah. I don't have to worry about it because. Tigres come out and absolutely torch them tonight and all is well and fine in the world. But I don't know if you've been, uh, you've been reading the notices. It looks like Iñak and uh, um, what's the winger? I can't remember his name now. The two uh, major, well, I mean, Tigres has got a lot of attacking weapons, but two major attacking weapons are sitting out tonight. And, and I don't know if, uh, if that, if that isn't equal to uh, Atuesta sitting out for LAFC on the back of the red card he grabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't know too much about the, the lineups and depth for Tigres, but um, just going back to Mitch's point there, and when I speak to Toronto FC players, and just it doesn't even have to be about the Champions League run, but when I speak to them about their past experience and what they're going to use moving forward, the one thing they commonly draw upon is being in spending time in Mexico, in at, at Azteca, at those types of places, because those environments is what... CONCACAF Champions League is all about accomplishing feats in those type of environments. Um, if you're doing this in a neutral ground in Orlando, obviously that neutralizes the whole home field advantage, quote, in quote unquote. But Mexico's home field advantage is greater than anyone else's in MLS, and, and that mm-hmm. is without a doubt. Um, just, again, speaking to the players, they even like from – from their run in early 2018, they still talk about having to stay in the hotels there in Mexico and, you know, having to not be able to leave the room because, you know, this this year was sort of similar to that in the sense that they were sort of isolated in Hartford. They couldn't leave their hotel, and that's what they were drawing upon, those Champions League experiences. So it's it's a different breed just, you know, competing down in Mexico. So there has to be that massive asterisk. Massive, massive. But hopefully we never have to discuss this tomorrow, and, and it's just... So you're just all on board rooting against LAFC tonight, <laughs> oh even, my, I, even I, with I, Mark Anthony K there in the middle? 60,000% on the side of Tigres. <laughs> I want them to score a hundred goals in the first five minutes. No, for sure. You've fallen. I don't know. It's 50, 50. So you're half wrong, half rage. <laughs> well, I mean, play, that's uh, pretty much my MO. So there we go. Yeah. I'll play <laughs> slight devil's advocate for, for LAFC in terms of the, the legitimacy of this. One of which is the path they've taken to get there, you know, beating four straight Mexican league opponents is something we've never seen an MLS side doing this. We've, we've talked, we've talked about um, the, the way they did it. Obviously they did have to go down to Leon. So they, they at least got one 
performance. It did not go well for them. Uh, if memory serves, I think they lost like two. The other thing I will say is we can't read it's this. My, it's my that. asterisk. Oh, okay. <laughs> I drew an asterisk. We uh, yeah, we need producer Kev back to get the, the, the visual tests on there. But um, <laughs> the other thing that uh, the other thing that I will say for them is is anyone putting an asterisk next to Bayern Munich for the way they won the Champions League? Because same thing, single knockout behind closed doors. Thanks, Mitch. I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> That's a fair point, but then I'll, I'll just go back to like my original point. It was just about playing in in Mexico, mm-hmm. and I think that honestly trumps having a, a neutral ground just because it does sway on, on the, the tip of the tie so so much. Um, yeah, well, well, they're saying that uh, you know they didn't play in the rain in Azteca. That's hilarious, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where to move on from that other than I, I still think it's an asterisk, man. All right. Well, let, let's move on from it because I think we've said all that we, we need to on that. Um, Go Tigres! Yeah. <laughs> move to the uh, other LA team, um, which, of course, is expected to, in short notice, announce its next head coach. And, and everything that we've heard is that that will be Greg Vanny. Um, thoughts on this? I mean... Actually, Greg Vanny did win the 2000 CONCACAF Champions Cup as a player for the LA Galaxy, and we know he's been there for, for seven years as a player as well. I mean, I guess not surprising. It's a pretty no. big one. No, not at all. I mean, I, I think I, I think I Wrong LA this. team ticker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to LAFC, Mike. <laughs> That's on me. <laughs> so the question to that answer is no. Yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, although that would be awesome because if he went, you, we drive to Bob Bradley's house and throw a giant truck full of money on his dro- on his doorstep. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's the worst kept secret in in uh, in this off season. And uh, uh, just announce it already. Just announce it already. Seriously, some of us have to move on with our lives. I'm in limbo right now. Just announce it so I can spend two days on the final stage of grief. And uh, and then we'll be fine here. But uh, you know, it, it like I don't understand if 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 the deal's done, then what are they waiting for? Like, what if he doesn't hurt? go to LA Galaxy, I think that there's a zero percent chance of that <laughs> happening. But but uh, what, you what know, if he goes to LAFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could go to LAFC. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I don't understand. What's the what what what's the tactical? Uh, uh, what are the pluses and minuses of not announcing it already? Are they waiting for us to hire a coach so that it lessens the the uh, it lessens the the hit? Or, or I mean, I just don't understand. If if it's all lined up, then do it. So I can. Yeah, deal I don't with know that. if LA Galaxy have, have TFC's best interest in mind here. Um, <laughs> I doubt they do. Yeah, yeah I doubt I, I doubt they, they do here. But well, I mean, that brings up the other point. There's there's calls on the internet for TFC to get. Garber Bucks because of LAF or LA Galaxies. Damn, you've done it to me. Now he's going to LAFC. Um, but there, there are there are calls for MLS uh, to award Garber Bucks TFC in the case of uh, the Galaxy tampering. Uh, you know, based on 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 rather flimsy evidence. Uh, 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 you know, based on the timeline. I I don't think that that's ever going to happen. But uh, but you know, we we've moved beyond. Uh, is Greg going to LA? Is Greg going to LA Galaxy? 
to uh, you know, what is TFC going to get out of it? So I, I think it's a done deal, and I don't know why it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, no, Jeff, as you pointed out, it was kind of written in the stars there from like a couple of weeks ago, where you know this did make sense. This this fit kind of did line up perfectly, um, and from a TFC perspective at the time, it obviously didn't really make much sense. But then looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it makes perfect sense. Like everything is lining up right now for Greg Van to go take over LA Galaxy, go you know, bring them back to, you know, the echelon that they've been at. Um, and you know, Greg Vanny said it himself, he's a builder and LA Galaxy's perfect project right now to build. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a deal with Greg Vanny get done probably by the end of this week. But that being said, it's the holiday season. I mean, if, if a deal is technically in place, is there really a rush to, to, you know, announce it? I think just wait for the perfect date. Perhaps that is in 2021, you know, start the year fresh with the, a new coach. Um, it's a fair point. Again, yeah. we don't we don't know what their logistics are. We don't even know if it's actually finalized. But there are reports saying that it is very close to being done. And uh, again, let's. There's you one, know it it just occurred fixture. to me. It just yeah, occurred to fixture. me that they're they're probably not holding they're probably not holding uh, holding on to the info for our benefit, but rather to see what happens with LAFC because they don't want their new their hot new coach announcement to get. Overshadowed by LAFC winning CCL. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, today is the day, right? So, yeah, exactly. Uh, that but, could definitely play a factor. But there's there's a bunch of different things, and I think I, I think nothing's really changed on that front based on you know the last two weeks. I think Greg Van is still set to go to LA Galaxy. Yeah, now that we've gotten into the mind of the uh, LA Galaxy marketing department as much as we um, And LAFC, yeah, no, but, we work for both teams now. Yeah, of course. Sharing yeah. coaches, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that was a good point, though, uh, about, uh, about um, Vanny going to a good team. I think, I think Galaxy's a great fit for him. They remind me in, in many ways of the Toronto FC team he took over, where the team's willing to make investment. They have made investment in some big players, but they just need – um, they just need that guy who can come in and, and build the team into a solid structure and a winning team. And we know Greg Vanny can do that, but looks like we do have our guest here now. So, Fantastic. Let's uh, go. Let's bring on Brady. We bring it on Brady. Hi. Yeah. There we go. Cool. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Brady. Hey, how's it going? going? Good, good. Mitch, lovely top. Sorry, uh, Jeff, sorry to say that. Uh, I know you're not a fan, but I got it. It's horrific. <laughs> it's absolutely horrific. I'll, I'll... I just, I had to support my favorite championship side, so. Oh, yeah. Ow! <laughs> Ow! Okay. All right. All right. Gloves are off. Wait until we start talking about Leicester, buddy. I got I got some zinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's That's get started. Leicester City. I'm sure you can give me that. No, but, yeah, let's, we, did, we didn't bring uh, Brady on to uh, as much as I, I wish we did. Um, let, let's let's talk a bit about uh, some of Toronto's young guys, specifically anticipating Canada has a, having a camp within the next couple of weeks. Obviously, there's as with anything, there's a, there's a ton that can can change based on the pandemic. But if Canada does have a camp, Brady, who are some of those young TFC guys that you expect to to get a call and and get a look from John Herdman with you know all the tournaments that are coming up for Canada in the next uh, little bit. Yeah, first of all, shouts to you for for breaking that news over the weekend, uh, as always, with the big scoop. Love that. Um, Mr. Canada yeah, Soccer. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Canada Soccer. Uh, just, just absolutely humble to be in his presence. But no, I mean, I, I can tell you, like, 
some of these guys that I've had the opportunity to speak with, uh, you know, Noble Akello, Rocco Romeo, we did a little interview with them and, and these guys themselves are saying, you know, part of, part of the loan process was getting minutes, not only for TFC, but for the national program as well. And so I think, I think definitely Noble is, I mean, well, he was in the gold cup roster, which, which was mm-hmm. a bit of a surprise. And so I, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't get a sniff. Um, I mean, some of these other guys that, that we've been interested in, like the Jordan Perusas and guys like that, I mean, the way that he's just like an absolute game changer is not necessarily something we have a ton of right now in this national program and especially, you know, here in North America. And so I'd love to see a guy like that get an opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, Liam Fraser, you know, his minutes were a little bit sporadic this year, unfortunately, but another guy who brings a different dynamic to the midfield and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the list, we could, we could be here all day, which is not necessarily something we could have said in previous years. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting. And it's, it's hard to predict, too. We don't really know who's going to be available, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, there's some some good shouts there. Um, you mentioned his name, Jordan Peruza, and I think that's a name that should be very appealing to a lot of Toronto Sea fans heading into the 2021 campaign. Um, yeah. We sort of saw glimpses of what he's been able to do there in the USL, um, the USL Championship moving up a level. He didn't really lose his stride there and he's still you know banging in goals despite his age um what can you tell me about jordan perusa what can you tell tfc fans about him and you know what kind of role could he potentially play next season for the reds yeah i mean obviously he's playing in the usl and it's not necessarily equal with regards to quality of the mls but we've seen tons of players make that jump in the past so so why not jordan and i can tell you what he definitely has and you guys have seen the highlights is you know, ability to break a game open from from wide. And I don't know how many players TFC have currently that kind of fit that bill. And so he's got pace, he's got tons of ability, and he's never met a shot from distance that he didn't like. And so, I mean, you got you got to love that for a 19-year-old for kid. Sure. And yeah, will it, will it translate in his first game, his first opportunity in MLS? Maybe not, but you never really know until he gets a chance, right? So. Yeah, Toronto City have been saying they're, they've been looking out for goals this season. When I asked Ayo Akinola about Jordan Peruza last season, or I met him in James Gross, you asked him, um, the one way, word that Akinola used to describe Peruza was tenacious. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's a little something that TFC were missing sort of last season, people who were willing to run through the lines, people who were willing to put in the work, people who were willing to get in on the end of balls. And that's why I think Peruza could actually, you know, potentially play a pretty significant role next season for the Reds. Um, but yeah, moving on, Jeff, I think you had another question there for Brady. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a real shot in the dark. Like this is a guesstimate upon guesstimates considering that we don't know the system. We're waiting on who our, our new gaffer is going to be, but do you expect to see an increase in, in the minutes that kids get played at TFC 2021? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, Jeff. And uh, first, I'll start by saying I, I hope so. I think, <laughs> you know, like I I think I could probably speak for most of us where we say, you know, it, anytime we can get more minutes for these young kids, it's it's good for the club and it's obviously good for them. But that's 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 part of my thinking that's went into, you know, how this appointment's going to work. I've seen some big names. Obviously, Laurent Blanc has since moved on and Patrick Vieira has been rumored as well. And, and for me, it's like if, this, if the fit works and it's it's also somebody who has like a long-term image of how this club's going to work not a guy who's going to come in and and you know and steal some press conferences for a year or two and then move on like we want somebody who's going to you know actually build like a, a club here and not work with with bradley and altador for a year or two or if they're going to be around for a year or two but uh yeah like we want somebody who's building a club and i think obviously that's what greg vandy did i think you know yeah he's a builder he said it himself and i i hope they get somebody else who's a builder and maybe somebody who's a builder who's, who's going to use the kids a little more 
So, so to follow up, you weren't too upset that Laurent Blanc uh, chose Qatar over TFC. I mean, like anytime you get a name like that, that's, that's going to be cool. And, and from a selfish standpoint, maybe be able to ask a guy like that a couple of questions is obviously, obviously no, yeah, yeah, yeah. an opportunity, but I, I'm not sure that, that that was necessarily the best fit for, for something long-term. And for me, when I see all these kids who were 18, 19, who I think have like genuine promise to be, be, be players in MLS for, for the next decade. I think, you know, we need a guy who, who knows how the league works and obviously has some faith in these kids as well. Do you think that's Vieira? Uh, I hope so. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what Vieira thinks about these kids. Honestly, I, I, if, if he wants them, if he wants some input, he can, he can jump in here with ever, whenever with us and, and I'll certainly give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd melt I, as a gunner. I'd melt. Next Tuesday, you know where to find us. All right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's announce his hiring on WTR weekly. That'll be uh, quite <laughs> Yeah. I'll wear an Arsenal kit every week. If that happens, yeah. I'll lend you some of mine. Oh yeah. You've got a few, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right, well that. done. And friend of the show now, definitely friend of the show. Well done. Um, <laughs> Ralph Preso looks like an absolute gem. He keeps getting better. He keeps getting better. Keeps getting minutes. Uh, he better next season. Keep, yeah, yeah, we got he you. He better keep getting minutes next season. Yeah, you guys got that. Uh, what kind of role do you expect Ralph Preso to play on, on next year's squad? And do you think we'll see an increase in you know the amount of looks that he's been getting? I think yeah. I mean, he was kind of thrown into the team at a weird stage in the season, and also a very weird season. But. Um, I will say, like when I when I did talk to to Rocco and Noble, they they were very high on Ralph, and one of their most one of the things they were kind of missing out about being back home the most was you know being there and being able to kind of give that guy a pat on the back and say like keep going, man, like you're paving the way for guys like us, and 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 the path is becoming clearer. And so when you have a group of young guys who are as interested in you know their their peers having success as they are, that's such an exciting prospect for TFC. You know what? No matter what level of soccer we've all kind of play that you know when when you've got a group of guys who are kind of gelled and have a genuine interest in accomplishing something together as opposed to individuals like i hate to go ted lasso on you guys here but like, <laughs> no go ahead you know yeah. like it's huge and like these guys are you look at their socials they're just like all about promoting what they're doing abroad and what they're doing with the with the senior club and and i think we've seen what what energy ralph can bring and and as as good of an ability as as bradley and, and delgado and oso and these guys have like they got a lot of kilometers on them in the last five ten years and so if you can inject some youth into there and, and, and kind of give a bit of a different dynamic, and if that's Ralph, if that's Noble, mm-hmm. whoever it is, I think that's that's a huge plus. No, that's a great shout. And one little Ralph anecdote, Ralph Preso anecdote I'll tell, is two months before his signing and two months really before he emerged, um, like we heard about the Jane Nelsons, the Jaquil Marshall-Rudys, all of them before they kind of reached that Charlotte um first team standpoint ralph priestle kind of came out of the blue for most people um and two months before his signing i remember josie alter listing off a list of the youngsters and he listed off most of the youngsters that were already had first team roster spots but there was one name he included that didn't and of course that was ralph priestle so he's been on tfc's radar for quite a while this wasn't like a sudden breakthrough for you know this this kid but to, to, you know, he is in that same echelon as the Jaquil Marshall Rudy's, the the Jaden Nelsons, and the team really holds him to that regard. So I think that's important to keep in mind as we do think about Rolf Preso and his impact that he could have on the club moving forward. Um, Mitch, you might have had another question there for for good old Brady. Oh, I think we lost him. I'll I'll, I'll come in with mine. Um, yeah, it's interesting because 
you know, Ralph came out of nowhere. Like he was a huge surprise and, and we cover the team. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, who's the next Ralph, like going further down the chain, the tiers, tell us about some people that aren't on our radar that we should uh, maybe be paying closer attention to in the, in the Academy pipeline. Some people who might've had some good loans since perhaps. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, conveniently I wrote a little article about this. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll right there with Ralph, like, I'll be honest, coming into the season, he wasn't a guy that I actually knew a ton about. I mean, I was aware who he was, but it wasn't the profile of an Akello or maybe even a Perusa. Um, yeah, like, if anybody tuned into the Island Games, I think it would be hard to ignore what Julian Dunn did there. Um, I know he's gotten some opportunities with with, with the MLS, but not necessarily uh, went his way and not necessarily during the brightest uh, TFC kind of Point in that one yeah time. it's been a couple oh, yeah. of years since julian dunn's last got a look with the first yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, he was i mean he's still so young so you know he was what 18 years old in 17 years old in as, as a defender yeah yeah that's a big ask right but i mean he went into a valor team that immediately you know he was kind of their go-to guy on the back line and i i was i was very impressed with him i knew a little bit about him but the way that he kind of commanded the game i thought at a young age like you know, you picture him and him and Rocco Romeo kind of slotting into center back with some of those Asian guys and Omar. And obviously we're not sure what's going to happen with, with Simon, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know we know a little bit about Julian Dunn, but uh, maybe after our, our Romeo, Okello's and Peruzos of the world, he'd probably be my next guy. Who I think it's a safe bet to say this guy has a legitimate opportunity to be a, a full-time MLS or yeah. For sure. He was just named mm-hmm. to Canadian Premier League's next gen class of the U23 under 23. Uh, mm-hmm player yeah. so that was pretty cool to see him recognized there and that sort of thing but despite just going through you know just the island games that one you know tournament yeah. with them um but he was by all accounts was all stellar there and his mm-hmm. coaches was singing praise for him oh yeah here's yeah, my yeah. question for you though as it stands right now tfc have two veteran center backs who are under oh contract. my god mike it was my <laughs> question too <laughs> <laughs> i hope it's half of our viewers question too um omar gonzalez and chris mavinga were the only two center backs they have in their contracts next season. Are you right. comfortable heading into next season with Rocco Romero and Rocco Romeo and Julian Dunn as the team's third and fourth, you know, defenders next season? Or do you think they need to add another veteran? It's a tough one. I think I'd I'd like to see a scenario where they both get some opportunity and maybe which one of Rocco and Julian perform better. That could be kind of a part of your, you know, your three four where we would see typically a Simon Zavaleta in in the last two seasons, I guess. Um, it is a tough position to just jump into Cole as a young player. Like it, it, it really is. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but that there's, there's some truth to that with regards to, you know, being a central defender or being a winger. It's two very different scenarios for, hmm. for someone to jump into. Like we'd always seen Jaden Nelson kind of make that jump pretty seamlessly towards the end of the year. But I think there is growing pains for a central defender. And so if, if there's a guy that fits that, you know, it, that was that was Gonzalez two years ago for us. If there's somebody like that who's available and, and they can make work on the books because it's it's obviously a challenge, then I think giving one of those two guys a regular spot with somebody who has a little bit more MLS savvy experience would be would probably be the best scenario at least at least for 2021. But I don't think either of them are very far to be honest. Yeah, good point. And I've, I've, Vanny last year spoke about Liam Frazier being able to also potentially play some center back too. So yeah. there are other options TFC can look Absolutely. for, um, but. Those guys last season were the fifth and sixth, you know, central defenders mm-hmm. on the club. So perhaps they do get an increase in, in 2021 if TFC are all about this, you know, youth movement that they're kind of, you know, gearing towards. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the importance of having a guy like Omar Gonzalez too there though, where, um, you know, you, you have a veteran MLS center back who's been in the league for a long time, and then you can just pair one of these young guys with him and they'll, they'll kind of have someone out there who can, who can lead for them. Um, I, they certainly miss Drew more in that, in that capacity, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Gonzalez is another one of those guys who um, can help like that. I did want to ask you, we've talked about this a little bit, but with, with all the players we've mentioned and and all the talent level coming through, how important is, is you know, the, the the next coach that Toronto FC brings through, how important is it that he have a proven track record of developing young players? Because we know that's uh, important to the club. We've seen um, all the signings they've made. Ali Curtis with New York Red Bulls. So how important is it uh, that the next coach have that, you know, like, like I said, that, that proven track record. I think it's huge. Like we've seen a huge, huge change with regards to how MLS teams are being built in, in recent seasons. And a lot of it is from the ground, which is not necessarily something we would have said about this league, you know, five years ago, let alone 10, 15. And so it's kind of slowly going towards that, that European, mindset where you you know you you get some homegrown talent and and obviously in in the mls's cases you use those dps to kind of give that that extra boost and so i don't think there's a question about whether the talent is there for tfc in the pipeline with with tfc2 and and abroad as well so to get the right guy in to to get the most out of that and you know find find the right balance of veteran kind of savvy experience as i previously said and then some youthful exuberance i think that's that's kind of the recipe for mls and so if TFC want to keep continuing to have the success that they've had in the last five, six years, then that guy has to be somebody that's not just going to, you know, play guys because they've been there, done that. It has to be guys who see what's happening in training and, and reward, reward the young kids for that. Mm-hmm. Brady, you were on an interesting feature this year and you got to talk to these two gentlemen, um, obviously Rocco Romeo and Noble Akello. Um, They were pretty candid about talking about their relationship and, you know, yeah. we, we say the word loan move and, you know, to us, that just means a player going elsewhere to find playing time. But to the actual player, a loan move means moving their entire life overseas yeah. and, you know, doing a lot of growing up themselves. Can you just give us some insight into, you know, what their experience was like in Denmark overseas and to, you know, up and coming youngsters? Yeah, no, that was a fun conversation. I'm sure any of us and any football fans you know you as a kid you watch the premier league on tv and you wonder if, if you got that opportunity like what kind of culture shock would that be or the, you know what i mean and so they were yeah like you said they're very candid at the end of the day we we kind of lose track of it sometimes they're these are kids right like these guys are young and they're mm-hmm. moving to europe and, and and living on their own probably for the first time and it was interesting to me just how rocco said like you know he had kind of acclimatized to denmark at this point and then when he got word of noble coming it was like he got to do all the touristy things again and kind of experience that a second time with with somebody he knew so well and yeah like they, they just seem to have such a great relationship off the field and I, as i spoke to that my mr optimistic ted lasso like i just think that that goes that goes a long way and and if, you know you send a, a young kid overseas for three months six months whatever it is like if that experience doesn't go well i think that that could have a serious effect on on their ability mm-hmm. to to come back and and actually gain some some meaningful experience from that but from what they said the level of competition was was not too big of a jump, but it was enough to challenge them at, at the kind of the first team level. And so they seemed uh, the, the like the, the last thing they said on our conversation was like, you know, we're ready for 2021. We're we're buzzing for training camp. And and so I think supporters should be buzzing as well. For sure. That's, that's a good point. 
one of the things I've read about in that story was that they created like a really special bond with each other. There's not many kids who get to, you know, grow up playing your dream and then let alone have your friend with you to experience it there the entire way, step by step. And that's not just, you know, with TFC, that's actually going overseas to Europe, having, you know, one of your good friends go with you and, you know, spend that, that first year alone, you know, by yourself. You do a lot of growing up, of course. Yeah. Um, it's going to, in a way that could also translate onto the pitch of just how close some of these youngsters are. We, we talked yeah. about Jaquil, Marshall, Rudy, Jaden, Nelson, Ralph Preso. Those are all kids who grew up playing together. Those are all kids who grew up on, on the same you know, Canadian youth international team. So this is some sort of, you know, an additional chemistry boost that this team might get with, with the relationship these kids are creating with one another. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I dreamed the scenario when I was a kid, I was always playing with Cristiano Ronaldo at United, but I guess Noble and Rocco get to, uh, Get to play with each other at the at old. So yeah, it didn't work no. out. It didn't work out for me, but I'm glad to live uh, live vicariously through them. But no, I mean, like honestly, that was that was the interesting part about it. Was of course we talked about the on field stuff, and you know, the first time they got into the eleven together was obviously a special moment. But you know, most of the stuff they cited was the off field, like you said, the off field side of it, where they're living together and and kind of growing together. And and I actually, yeah, I, I don't think that that could be. Over, like, I don't think that that could be more important. Like, it's just a group of For guys sure. who are going to come into the first team at the same time, have a ton of familiarity and, and kind of have the same drive and the same goal in their mind. I mean, it sounds like a recipe for success to me. And I'm, I just hope whoever does come in gives them a chance. Yeah. Drew Moore was on the show, Footy Talks, or like sister show. And he talk, spoke about the relationship that he had with Michael Bradley as right. a center back and central midfielder. And he said, no matter what, he knew that he could find Michael Bradley as an outlet. He knew that he would be there. And yeah. I wonder if that same sort of relationship is kind of developing around Rocco Romeo and Noble Bacello because of that trust, you know, on and off the field. And I think that could go a long way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's move on um, from that. I think we have, I think we have some fast money. Um, Brady, we'll, we'll keep you on for this. This is uh, obviously okay. uh, uh, one of our favorite, you know, new segments that we've been adding onto the show um it was kevin's not here so we'll have to step up and be kevin but you know what I'll, I'll i'll be the host this time and i'll let you three three guys answer the questions just so all right we can keep this moving all right yeah for the sunglasses though <laughs> i know I did you say fun glasses or sunglasses because i really like fun glasses as opposed to sunglasses. <laughs> i said sunglasses but i'll pretend i said fun glasses oh, that's that's they're, fun, that's really they're fun glasses forever forever more all right let's go fast money all right so yeah so just so if anyone doesn't know how this works point of this this game is not to think just essentially just answer the questions as quickly as you can and i have of course six questions here for you because we're in the six let's go so first question who was the most impressive toronto FC youngster for you this season uh jeff i'll start with you no thinking Gardo. No thinking. <laughs> oh, all right Sorry, uh... brady Jaden nelson Jaden nelson <laughs> Yeah, we got a split vote there. You guys don't want to say the same answers or what? All right. So this is a kind of a trickier one. Aside from Iowaka and was, uh, you know, over a thousand minutes played this season, which Toronto FC player aged 22 years and younger had the most minutes played for the Reds in 2020? Frazier? No, he's older. Yeah, go Liam. Yeah. Is he older than 22? He's 22. Okay, Frazier. Yeah, it's got to be Liam, yeah. Yeah, so all you guys are wrong. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> gave me so much joy in saying that. Um, the answer to the question is actually Tony Gallagher. Oh! Uh, Tony uh, played 464 minutes last season, and Liam Frazier was ultimately held to 436. Which ooh. brings me to my next point. Who was the most disappointing youngster for you this season for, for Toronto FC? Jeff, go. EG with a bullet. He's he's 20, 24 now. I don't know if he considers youngster. I was thinking like 20, under 23, under 22. Um, but if you want to go you, EG, you can use it as a cop out, Jeff. No. Uh, 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 who is the most disappointing youngster? Uh, Liam Frazier. Go ahead, Mitch. I, th- I think you have to go Liam too, but like w- with any of the youngs this year, like I don't think any of them got enough other than IO got enough of like a thing where you can really consider or enough of a look where you can really consider it like a disappointing season. Like disappointment to me is where they get an extended look and don't play well in it. I didn't, I don't think any young guy really got that this year. Yeah. Go ahead, Brady. Yeah. I don't know if this is a cop out, but I was disappointed that Noble got like that one appearance for a half hour and then that was it. So more no, Noble sure. 2021. That was like the thing about Liam is that he was so highly spoken about even in training camp, even before like when Michael Bradley went down, like they were raving about the kid and <laughs> he gets what eight minutes in the first two games where Michael Bradley is, is out of commission. So yeah, yeah, you know, from, from on the field standpoint, when he was on the field, did Liam Frazier disappoint? I mean, he wasn't as good as, you know, we'd like him to be. I think we can all say that, but he also wasn't, didn't have the best opportunity to perform and, I think we're, we're all on the same page there. But did you, when I asked you for the ultimate TFC kids lineup for FIFA, I don't think you had Liam Frazier in the midfield. I think it was, uh, it was Preso and Akello. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I only went with that because they're the youngest, like on the roster. So I was just like, you know, youngest players, I'll throw out the youngest starting level we can do. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, yeah, let's move on from Fast Money there. Or, sorry, not Fast Money, the yeah. next question. Yeah, the next question. Yeah. yeah. Which TFC young gun right now do you think will have the biggest 2021 campaign? Jeff, go. Achara. Yeah, that's a decent show. Uh, I'll go Jaden Nelson. I think I think it, it depends whether uh, the new coach use wingers or not, but Nelson, I think, will get minutes. For it. Mm-hmm. Brady? Yeah, I like Jaden as, now, as well. Sorry, I was going to say Liam, but that midfield's still too crowded, I think, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No, good points. Um, all right, so this one's a little bit trickier. First Toronto FC youngster to be loaned out in 2021, Jeff. Go, mm, Liam. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think Liam's getting loaned out. I'll go, uh, I'll go done again. I think he might be back. Oh, yeah, 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 done, done, yeah, absolutely. No, Jeff, Jeff, no taxi backsies. You already committed. <laughs> They're called a mulligan. It's called a mulligan. All right, whatever, fine. Go ahead, keep, your, keep your damn fast money. Yeah, if Dunn's getting loaned, I guess Rocco's staying. So this is tough. So is your answer done? I'll go Peruza. I don't know if if he's going to get an opportunity. I hope I'm wrong, though. Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer yet, but Except there will what be Jeff a new and we will remind you of that. Um Okay, and last one, let's wrap it up. Aside from Io Akinola, there was one Toronto FC youngster who managed to find the back then in 2020. Who was he? Achara. All right, Jeff. I mean, it was supposed to be a little bit more difficult than that. Yeah. Like, we were supposed to remember Achara right okay, away. Okay, I was honestly, hoping he'd kind of fade to your back of your mind. 
Well, you said no thinking, so fading to the back of the mind seems like thinking. Also, just Mitch, did you know it instantly? Yeah. Brady? Yeah, I was sat right beside Mike in the press box. How could I forget? Exactly. Exactly. Not a hard question. Three, yeah, three doctors agree. Not a hard question. The point. The point I always, of that. I always just, say this to make yeah. Jeff cringe, but is twenty-three really that young? At least in soccer circles. No, <laughs> it's not. I would say it isn't. I mean, uh, what what was uh, the NYCFC dude uh, that went back to England? How old was he? The NYCFC. Jack Harrison. Yeah, Jack yeah. Harrison. And all the all the ink that was spilled about how he had like slipped through the cracks of the traditional European pipeline. Yeah, and I think like he was 24. like, I think he was like 21 and a half. So. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. Tony Gallagher was 21 when he, he moved over here for on loan, right? And yeah. Yeah. To get minutes. Exactly. From Liverpool. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, that age definitely a lot younger overseas than it is in North America. But that being said, um, I feel like North America has a lot more late bloomers than European leagues because of the style of MLS. I mean, Char was his first year in professional soccer, right? He's 22 years old. That's because he got drafted at a university, 22 yeah. years old. Um, yeah. It's just about the route that you have coming up. And, you know, we can talk about Richie Larea. I mean, he's, what, 26 mm-hmm. years old now? Is there a side in Europe that, you know, there's probably not too many that wouldn't take a Richie Larea right now on, on their team? Mm-hmm. Um, also, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, significantly less academies as well and, like, newer yeah. academies too. So there's only so many spots for – for players in in North America versus Europe, you know, where you've got Germany with all those regional mm-hmm. talent centers and yeah. like ten leagues deep of of talented players. So yeah, uh, I think yeah. that makes a massive difference as well in terms of like you said, players who just aren't given an opportunity until later on in their career, and then once they're once they're given that opportunity, they do have that talent where they're good enough to to step in and, and whatever. So yeah, I, I do think, uh, and, and we also have that North American. Um, view of sports too where like guys come through like maybe 18 but like most guys go to college like 20 is like pretty young in north american sports and not as young in in european sports so yeah yeah i would i would agree with that and i'll add that i think it's also changing i think we're getting to the point where um or north american academies are going to start becoming more like european academies where TFC is just not going to have room for all these youngsters that they have coming up, right? So they're going to have to start selling guys off at like 19, 20, 21. And, you know, Jordan Cruz was a name that they were, you know, I mean, they obviously wanted to get him signed, but he was considering going elsewhere yeah, because yeah. of, you know, what's in front of him. And it's not a, it's not a bad problem to have. It's just, you got to make sure you're getting the cream of the crop at your club, right? And that, that's the ultimate goal. And, um, ensuring that there is a pathway for those kids not only to you know sign their their first team contract but to also succeed and to yeah, get, to get first team and minutes and i think we're, we're getting there um i'm not sure you know this season they'll go fully over the cliff and go all youngsters i think we're still on that transition phase where we saw the bradley's the outdoors but i think you're going to see a nice little mix of the two and tfc are also a team that don't have a lot of salary budget and i mentioned this before youngsters help that if you can yeah. play youngsters, they don't take up salary budgets. So if you can find that combination of veterans and youngsters, you're in the perfect mix right now. Here's a question for the group. Would we accept being less competitive next year in order to give our young guys more minutes, in order to be more competitive, say, in 2022 and onwards? No, I wouldn't. No? I think TSC is a club that needs to compete every year in, year out. I think they have the the capability of doing that. And I think they have the resources to do that. I think they have the resources to accomplish both things. And, 
you know, yeah. just because okay. you know, I don't think we need to sacrifice one to, to accomplish the other. That's just my personal opinion. No, 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 I, I agree with you, but I'm but I'm seeing that kind of binary argument manifest all over the interwebs and in TFC land. And I guess my question was, is it is it binary? Is it one or the other? Can you do both? And I'm 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 pleased as punch to hear that everybody agrees with me because I do think you can do both. Yeah. I think you have to. I think if you want to attract more more youngsters, I think you need to do both. I think players want to play at a winning club. I think you learn how to win by playing at a winning club. You learn how to be successful playing at a winning club. I think it helps their development to be part of a competitive team as opposed to being run out against, you know, players and you're being just destroyed. Like, you know, that Julian Dudd example from a couple of years ago, I don't think that was good for his development. Losing mm. 5 nothing to a yeah. Houston Dynamo team um, when you're surrounded by a bunch of other, like, it's just not great for their confidence. I mean, what are they learning from that game that they, like there's, there's it's just a lot to take away, right? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think there needs to be that balance where they can have veterans that to ease these players into the side, and they have the youngsters too. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, Brady. Thank you for uh, for joining us, man. We really appreciate your insight. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be an exciting year for the TFC Young Guns. Do you have anything else to add before we uh, let you go here? No, I just I, I'm on quarantine day eleven, so anything to keep my sanity. I, I always <laughs> love to. Uh, anything, I love. I just love to be able to talk footy with somebody other than myself. I've basically been surviving on craft beers and Concacaf after dark. So hopefully uh, we get nice. a good one tonight. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Happy. Holidays. Who are you cheering for, Brady? Uh, Jeff, uh, you might want to plug your ears, but I want to see LAFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Mark Anthony K guy. I can't lie. It's, yeah. it's the left foot. Toronto boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually but played nah. against Mark Anthony K in, in high school soccer a bunch. Uh, yeah, could have been you playing for LAFC. Could have been me, man. Hey, got on been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely. Okay. Sorry. All right. Thanks, Brady. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Happy holidays. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. Uh, awesome there's, stuff. I definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to miss talking about uh, Brian Schmetzer's article in Sounder uh, that dropped mm -hmm. yesterday. I got a, I got an aud audible you, Jeff. We're gonna, mm -hmm. we're gonna talk some Pablo Piatti. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's audible talk some me. Pablo Piatti. So it is looking right now, based on you know the MLS reentry draft, that Pablo Piatti. Toronto's reunion is looking increasingly more and more unlikely to happen. Um, Pablo Piatti did not opt out of the MLS reentry draft, stage one or stage two, um, meaning that any other MLS team in the league right now can can select Piatti, and they could have the right to you know negotiate a contract with him. So this doesn't ultimately mean that Piatti is joining a new club. But what it does signify is that Piatti is at very least open to joining a new club. He had the ability to opt out of the process, which would, of course, give him the right to you know negotiate with other clubs, mm -hmm. and namely, of course, Toronto FC. If he was so set on coming back to Toronto FC for a discount, which is what they need to happen in order to bring yeah. him back, essentially, he would have opted out of the process and he would have settled in Toronto. The fact that he hasn't opted out of the process means I think he is looking for a little bit more money. He's looking for the other options that are out there. And he's looking, you know, to get what he believes that he's deserves, which he's completely entitled to. He's a free agent. 
But, you know, Bill Manning said that if, if TFC were in a position to bring back, bring in a new designated player and Pablo Piatti next season, then they would. Mm-hmm. I just, from what I've seen this morning, and, you know, with the MLS Rancher draft is actually going down right now, I don't think that'll happen. There's some precedent from, for this. Uh, you know, last season, Toronto, just so you guys understand the MLS Rancher draft a little bit better, mm-hmm. Toronto FC last season, they drafted Juan Agudelo in the MLS re-entry draft, if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. TFC, kinda. Um, and, of course, TFC didn't were unable to reach an agreement with Agudelo, who had a really big salary budget, but they were sort of hoping that he would take a, a discount to play on a competitive team. So mm-hmm. they took that risk. They had acquired his rights, and obviously they weren't able to come to a deal. But what happened was TFC then subsequently flipped Agudelo's rights to Inter-Miami. They had got some GAM, some money, for, you know, always selecting him, mm-hmm. and you know, Agudelo and Inter Miami agreed to that contract. So, what happens is if a team drafts Piatti today, they'll claim his rate of first refusal, which means that TFC would have to pay an extra bit of you know, GM if in order to um, bring back Piatti, which is obviously even worse because they already have salary budget concerns. So, if you're gonna have to pay an even additional amount of salary to bring him back, I mean, it's just He's gonna seem more He's and gone. more and more. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. At this point, I think Pablo Piatti's gone. Yeah. Uh, you didn't mention that Aguadelo's back on that list this year, though. So if we yeah. want to try for round two with 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 Juan, we are more than capable. But no, I I mean the way you outline it and and the way it looks, it's it's a done deal. I don't I don't think he's coming back. My question is, do you think he's going to stay in MLS for this year? And that, that's we'll a do- different can of worms. Yeah. Given recent history, he's going to the Colorado Rapids. TFC <laughs> <laughs> 2, baby. TFC 2, baby. <laughs> and, and Pablo as their wingers. They're going to play a 4-3-3. It's going to be amazing for everybody. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. It's important to note that his options are not limited to just MLS. But the fact that he is going through the actual process of the reentry, which, again, he didn't have to. He could have opted out of it. Um, it, it shows that he's at least entertaining offers from other sides. Yeah, yeah. And and to bring him back with an extra uh, cost of bringing him back after we had him is I, I don't and see the front office the doing. Too. I just don't see that happening. I, I you know they 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 tried to play ball. I think the the moment has passed and and the the you know Pablo's adventures in in the six are 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 done. There's an end date. Mm-hmm. And it was. I think it, it's, it would have been ideal for them to bring both of them back, but obviously, it's things that's reality. It's twenty twenty. Um, mm-hmm. Pablo wants more money, and he deserves more money. He's more than entitled to do that. I mean, it would be interesting if he goes to another team as a TAM player. Um, you know, but again, we're not privy to the financials, so maybe it's just simply that TFC does not have a lot of wiggle room in that bracket. Um, you know, we've got all kinds of money we can spend on a DP, but our TAM situation is uh, is 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 pretty tight. And uh, and and there you go. No, that's it. That's a good point, George. If everyone else calls Piatti's bluff, uh, and he's, he's homeless. homeless. <laughs> <laughs> that's some strong <laughs> <laughs> and he's homeless. Piatti still works something out. Um, <laughs> yes, they absolutely could work something out. But as I mentioned, they more than likely that if a team does select Piatti. Um, TFC would have to pay that extra little bit to get him back. So again, that's that's working against their goal of trying to fit everyone within their salary budget. Um, if Piatti goes undrafted today, 
TFC could, you know, pick up the phone call and be like, hey, you know, teens apparently weren't as interested in you as you thought they were. Do you want to come back? And, you know, <laughs> and you're homeless. We can and, give you an apartment. Um, but, possible. But, possible. But but, but would, it, would we still have to agree. pay that extra you went on if, the list? If, if he goes undrafted, no. No, okay. no team would own his right of first refusal. That would actually still belong to Toronto FC, I believe. Okay, so then I'm not going to say it's 100% done. Um, it's not 100% because I think. I figured done, that that, a, that fee was was regardless of anything. If he goes undrafted, we still have to pay a fee. It's to, a low to, risk, high reward move for any club that does draft him, right? Yeah, because you get his his rights and you get to, to, to negotiate potentially try and negotiate a cheaper deal with them. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's the same thing that TFC had with Agadell this year. It's a low risk, high reward move for any club, and mm-hmm. it'd be surprising to see you know a team not do that. Again, going back on the Piatti thing, is that I think he has a number in front of him already that TFC want to present. Oh like yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with offer, that. Yeah. Right. Um, so the fact that he's looking elsewhere that shows that he's not really the most content with that offer. He thinks he can do better, um, and I think that's more the underlying sign that I'm alluding to, as opposed to the actual draft itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that came through loud and clear. I mean, we can't agree on on what he was making. I I said 1.5 million. You said mm-hmm. you've heard as high as three. Um, yeah, I don't know how how high. I, yeah, I, I mean the only the only reason point, but... again MLS roster rules, but we need more I, transparency, to, man. Yeah, I mean to buy him down to even have the opportunity to buy him down, I think three million is too high, right? I think oh yeah, that, no, that's... no, you wouldn't be able. To. You wouldn't yeah. be able. To. Yeah, and and when he came in, I mean, it, they were screaming from the mountaintops that I know he's a DP right now, but there's a potential we can buy him down to TAM for year two. Well, I think we we were screaming for the mountaintops. Yeah, we were too. saying that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, was that us? Oh, no, I, I thought saying that. Oh, wasn't the club saying that? I thought yeah. I thought no, somewhere those somehow. Those are all of our fancy uh, fancy reporters saying that. <laughs> oh. Je- Jeff just says stuff and then like thinks Greg Vanny said it, so then. It... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Back to him. He's like, oh, I remember when the club said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what I wanted to say about Schmetzer. I mean, Vanny never gave us a a, a, a WTR article, and and Brian Schmetzer gave a whole uh, 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 op-ed piece to to Sounders at Heart. Very, very yeah. sad. We were talking about this before, but one time Brian Schmetzer for Sounders at Heart for their media game, he uh, he did an article like rating all of the media members players out of 10 and how they performed in the game. And it was, it was hilarious. Like they were all like threes, I'm pretty sure. Because like obviously <laughs> they're media members and they were like terrible at soccer. But yeah, he did like a full scouting report on all their all those guys. So it was... All right. That's it. Oh, all media... Ma- oh, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about his assistants because I think he's got a pretty packed bench of 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 mls uh former mls luminaries but yeah no media members i mean i can't imagine what my score out of three would be <laughs> great great article though at sounder at heart if you guys want to check that out that's oh yeah written by by brian schmetzer himself um mm-hmm. it's really interesting because brian schmetzer still technically doesn't have a new contract heading into next season i believe um yep. and so the fact is he's you know despite not being under contract technically still reaching out to media members and writing open letters to the fans expressing how much he wants uh, the club to do better and you know be better essentially that was the gist of it um is that's everything you want in a manager now yeah yeah i mean it it's it's rare uh for that kind of candor i've never heard of anything like it 
I mean, we've been blessed in Toronto. I mean, Seba wrote that that article that I, I think it was in Hello Magazine, and then um, well, didn't Bradley yeah. write an open letter to the fans post twenty sixteen? You have you have players writing open letters to the fans. Absolutely, mm. it's just coaches. The, the, coaches and the type of media that they're using like usually you see those pages and there's it's the front page of the toronto star mm-hmm. or you know like the the big magazines the fact that he has this relationship with the diehards which is you know the fans at sandra Hart, who are actually the, the diehard mls fans yeah. um it's not just the mainstream media so i think he understands that and i think that's just that part of it's just so cool just the there's no disconnect between brian schmetzer and the seattle sandra fans i think they're all on the same page there yeah, it's pretty wild. It was pretty. It's it's pretty wild. We've been, I've been talking about it a lot. Special relationship. Very, yeah, yeah, very special relationship. Uh, and you know, I, I wish I knew more about Seattle. Like I wish I I had a, a firmer grasp on the vibe of the city, so I could really really appreciate just how special the relationship is. Because my 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 understanding of it is kind of limited by the fact that I you know aside from uh, uh, you know the movie uh, version of Seattle, I don't I don't quite know what what it's all about so so there is there is a little hey, bit of MLS Cup 2025 Jeff let's go <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed um yeah I think that was uh I just I definitely wanted to talk about the Schmetzer thing because it, it yeah. did hit me sideways and I and no, I did enjoy I think it's it a good place to uh, good place to wrap up this show this week mm-hmm. we got a yeah, big one next week boys yeah last uh last show of 2020 next week so certainly excited for that thanks to Thanks to Brady for coming on. I think it's always good to uh, talk Toronto FC prospects, especially right now because you know we're always thinking about what the club can improve and who the club can go out and get. But sometimes there are you know those internal options that we forget about because we haven't seen them or um, you know they haven't developed quite yet to to that first team level. But there's a lot of players within the Toronto FC structure that certainly are deserving of a look and, and, you know, could well play a bigger role for the club next season. So good to talk about some of them. Um, And as I said, just one more week to go in 2020. So looking forward to that final show of the week next week until then have a safe and happy holidays, everyone. Cheers.